going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Today, we had the pleasure of sitting down with Monica Hilton, owner and founder of TWR CrossFit. Uh, so she is gym owner. Uh, that is the gym that I operate my business out of as well. So she's super awesome. We get into her background, where she's from, lived in Wisconsin until she was about 30, and then moved down to Indianapolis when her dad introduced her to the Indy 500. So that was her first intro to that. She fell in love with it, used her PR and marketing degree to work with uh, many teams. She got she worked with a total of 17 drivers to date uh, doing PR and marketing. So she's seen a lot, been around the block a few times. So she walks us through that and then transitions to how she got started into owning gyms. She started with more group fitness and then got slowly introduced to CrossFit, wanted to check it out. You know, we all have the stigma and stereotype that CrossFit, you just get injured a lot. It's for the elitist group. And so she was like, I just need to check this out for myself. Fell in love with it. Now she's been a gym owner uh, in total for six years. And she's just looking to keep building on what she's already built. She's got an amazing gym, great community. The programming and culture is second to none. That's what separates them from the rest. Um, you know, CrossFit gets a bad rap from bad gyms, poor instructed uh, gyms and classes, and they are not that way. Their programming and just coaching is is top tier uh, here in the Indianapolis area. Tim, what did you think of our uh, conversation with Monica today? Yeah, I, I enjoyed talking with her. She's you can definitely tell that she is she's all in on what she does, and she's constantly chasing her passion throughout life. Like you. You, you get an idea like how she grew up around IndyCar and how she kind of transitioned to that, like why she loved that and very unique experience she had there. So hearing her describe that was awesome. Um, and then just the CrossFit portion of it. I feel like a lot of people like myself just aren't informed about what CrossFit actually is and what it entails. So she did an excellent job of just addressing those like stereotypes and like opinions that people have about it. But then just like uncovering like what it actually is and just the, the characteristics of, of what a, cross, a quality CrossFit gym is. And I enjoy, I mean, we did this interview in, in the gym. So like it was just, it was cool being there, seeing the space. And um, you already know I'm going to have to come in and, and take, take advantage of those, those CrossFit classes. So 100%. We'll for how that goes on the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, and she, and apart from CrossFit, she also talks about her writing ventures, how she's into freelance writing and um, do, doing that. Cause like, that's another passion of hers. And the fact that she is still investing time and energy into that while she's doing her gym, like that was just really cool to learn about. So for anyone who's like lo looking to, to do that extra thing in their life that they're passionate about on top of whatever they're doing, this is, this would be a really cool interview to listen to because she, she uncovers that, unpacks that. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to get value from the episode. So, 100%. Without further ado, enjoy your week. Enjoy this episode. Episode 147, Monica Hilton. Monica Hilton, owner of TWR CrossFit. That's me. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Oh, are we starting? Look at us go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we found the coolest spot in the gym. Nice cross breeze. Yeah, this is not cool. Me it and Tim are close enough hot. to make out. We're social distance. <laughs> yeah. Full are, six inches. You are almost sitting on each other's full, lap. Full six inches. The podcast yep. host bench. We're adorable, <laughs> though. It is fresh. Uh, all right. So uh, we just kind of like to get started. 
who you are, uh, how you got here, a little background about, about Monica, life of Monica. Okay. Um, I am originally from Wisconsin, so go Bucky. Um, I, I grew up, I was born and raised there, and I was there until I turned about 30, and then I moved my way down to Indianapolis to uh, pursue a career in IndyCar. Um, honestly, I went to my first uh, Indy 500 in 2005, and uh, my dad was a lifelong IndyCar fan, and so mm -hmm. he, I just went to check it off my bucket list. It was like, a, Dad's always been talking about this. I just, I should probably go. And uh, so going to an Indy 500 with somebody who is very passionate about it makes it a way different experience than like <laughs> watching guys drive around, guys and girl that year, drive around in a circle yeah. a bunch of times and you don't know who they are. And so um, when someone is explaining it to you and talking about it passionately and um, makes it an exciting thing, I just fell in love with the sport. And mm -hmm. so at the time I was kind of in this like midlife, like not the 30 is midlife, but like I was in this place of what do I want to do with my life? And so when I discovered IndyCar, I was like, well, I have a PR and marketing degree. Can I use that somehow in this sport? And so I moved to Indy. I started volunteering with the Sam Schmidt Paralysis Foundation. Um, Sam is a former IndyCar driver who was paralyzed in an accident. And uh, so he started this foundation. So I volunteered so that I could go to the racetrack and kind of rub elbows with the right people and, um, and just make connections and stuff. So that's what started it. Started handing out my resume, just saying, does anyone need help in the PR marketing mm -hmm. arena? And so um, landed my first job with a team in 2011. But what I found out about IndyCar is when you work for the small teams, you essentially work for the time that the racing season is going on and then everyone kind of gets laid off for the off season. Got it. And in my first year, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if it's reasonable for me to have a job for part of the year and then spend the other year part of the year racking up credit card debt because I had to pay my bills and then the rest of that year paying off those credit card right. bills and I just didn't see that working out where I'm, I'm like a type a like I got yeah, a plan got ahead it. so <laughs> it wasn't working very well so I started a PR and marketing company and then instead of being an employee of a team I just um, brought on clients that were teams or motorsports related so I did that for a while and then uh, I know IndyCar seems really glamorous, just like you would think with any other traveling job, mm -hmm. but it ends up being where you see a lot of the racetrack and the hotel and the airport, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of wanted an exit plan. And, you know, it's a very long story as to how I ended up having a bunch of gym equipment from another gym shutting down and thinking, like, maybe someday I'll open a gym. And so, but that's what happened. I just ended up acquiring this equipment for a little amount of money at the time and put it away and then realized that like maybe this is the time in 2014 so that's when I opened the gym and uh, so it's been six years and uh, 2020 was a year I was not expecting in terms of how to plan for something like <laughs> join this, the club yeah it's uh, so it's been a wild ride but that's kind of how I got from Wisconsin to this very hot room today yeah <laughs> that's cool because I grew up going to any 500 since I was like eight nine years old okay so yeah, it's one of those. You, you're not just a snake pit goer, right? You watch the race, and yep. I've been to the snake pit. Good time, not bash on that. I believe it. It is a good time. Yep. But I miss watching the race. Yeah. And I don't want to watch a screen when I can watch things go 220 miles an hour right. live and up close. You can go to a rave anywhere. Right. Yeah. But like, if it's race day, we should be watching the cars. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't care. Steve Aoki throwing a cake at right. my face. Like no, <laughs> shove it. I don't care. Um, but so. What was the team you were with? 
I started with HVM racing. Uh, Simona De Silvestro was my first driver, okay. and she was amazing to work with. I mean, a lot of fun. We had some crazy adventures. Um, we shared a hotel room in Japan because we were two females, so we were allowed to share a hotel room as opposed oh, to like, wow. normally you don't get PR that stays with the driver, right? Because normally PR is female and the drivers are mostly male. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, so the from what I hear, the hotel rooms in Japan are like literally, since it's a podcast you can't see, but like, a five by five little room. Oh, um, so, but I was like, oh, I get to stay with a driver in the like really posh hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. I mean, and Simona was a huge Glee fan, which is really bizarre, okay. but you never the seen show Glee. I know of it. Yeah, you're, well, you're kind of young for it, I suppose. Okay. But, um, but yeah, like we just sitting in our hotel room the night before the race, just watching Glee. And so it was hmm. very surreal, but like she was a blast to work with. And then, um, at one point, I had someone ask how many drivers I've worked with over the years, and I counted 17, but wow. I couldn't. I, like the other day, I had someone ask that because, of course, the 500 was the other day. So yeah, this yeah. comes up every year. And I went through and I got to like 12. I can't remember what all 17 wow. are. But, um, but yeah, it's. You've been around the block, though, with, I've been around with the block. drivers. Like, it's, it's cool because, you know, you see drivers from afar. And you mm. think that they're one way, and some of them absolutely are. Like they're just r- really great human beings, and then there are others that I will not mention, but they're yeah. like not who you think they are. Oh, we like to talk shit yeah. here, yeah. though. No, 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 <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it was all a very cool experience, and I'm glad I did it, and lots of cool travel and stuff. But mm-hmm. it, that that world seems so far away. Like I still last year I worked with Pippa. I did her um, personal PR okay. for the 500, and uh, so I still kind of reach out every year and see if anyone needs help because I'll jump in for something like that but yeah. but it's just not my life anymore you know that's cool you can still treat it a side gig though yeah for sure any uh any weird superstitious habits that drivers have you don't have to name names but anything is like this is your thing like I if mean, you don't do this you're gonna crash they are a lot of them are superstitious yeah um mostly it's stuff like the side of the car that they need to get in from Okay. Um, you know, it's hmm. nothing crazy. Just like, feels different. It's, yeah. Uh, and if they do have weird, like, I keep this in my locker, so, I never knew about it. You know, Got like, it. it's probably private stuff yeah. that they don't really talk about. Um, the biggest question that, like, um, I worked with Alex Tagliani, and people would always ask him, like, um, is it true that you guys, like, pee in your fire suit when you're racing and you <laughs> have to go to the bathroom? And yeah. that's, some drivers won't, but most drivers will. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just, um, I mean, you got when you gotta go, you gotta go. Like, yeah, right. It's, it's just, I mean, I feel uh, the most part you probably sweat it out. Yeah, for sure. It depends. Like a lot of them, they they have the same hydration plan, right? But then if it's a cooler day and you're not sweating as much as you thought, like mm-hmm. you're probably gonna have to pee. Like, That's, I wonder who the in charge. Like, oh man, I gotta pee, guys. Better drive faster. Yep. yep. <laughs> My dad would do yep. that shit. Yep. Oh, if you're if you're running that. and you gotta go to the bathroom, yep. run faster. Yep. It's a different kind of pit stop. But it is funny because you'd always see the drivers go from like so we have driver intros, which is essentially where if you're at the race, they get announced, they go up on the stage, they wave to the fans, and mm-hmm. then they go get in their cars. But it, the stop in between that is porta potties. So it's like driver intros. Hello, my name is so and so. Wave to the yeah. fans off the stage to the porta potty and then to the car that's just right. the standard like, <laughs> last chance effort before you get in that's how i am when i fly i gotta time my water because oh, i drink yeah. a lot of fluids yeah. naturally yeah. so getting on i don't like to go to the bathroom on the plane yeah, i don't no. know it's just not my uh, people are like oh why i go all the time I'm like yeah it's not my thing well you don't want to be that guy on road trips either that like two minutes into the trip you're like 100 i gotta 
I got a pee. Yeah, and then once yeah. you break the seal once, yeah. we've yeah. all had some beers. Yeah. You, know, you know how it yeah. goes. Yeah, except for when you're driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, drive faster. Listen, only your mom is listening to this, yeah. so. It's a joke, mom. Yep. He's kidding. He's kidding. Um, yeah, so then you got equipment. Um, pretty cost efficient mm-hmm. for equipment. Yep. So what, what drove you to, I think I want to open a gym. Was there a specific moment you saw someone that did it really well? Because it's not like, oh, open a gym, pretty easy peasy, yeah, make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a specific moment. I kind of, when I acquired the equipment, kind of always knew that eventually it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you the difference now is the equipment I acquired was for the type of gym that I originally opened six years ago, which was a group fitness gym. So I don't know if you've heard of Les Mills, but they're like the worldwide leader in group fitness. Mm -hmm. They offer body pump, body combat, um, grit, body flow, which is like a yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi. I'm a body flow fan. Yeah, they like run the gamut in terms of variety. And I'm a huge fan of Les Mills. So when I bought that equipment, like we're not talking the CrossFit equipment I have now where it's Mm -hmm. like a big investment. that equipment was like uh, steps, you know, with steps and risers and sure. like body pump bars, which are smaller barbells, uh, yoga mats, things like that, and stereos and st- like stuff that was enough to just get a group fitness gym going. Way less of an investment than if you were going to start a CrossFit gym. Sure. Um, but I also credit being able to open the CrossFit gym to having that start and having income come in from that gym. What was interesting is like with the group fitness gym, we also offered Zumba when we started, but all of our Zumba people, once they discovered Les Mills, ended up basically being like, I don't want to do Zumba anymore. I want to do these Les Mills classes. Mm -hmm. So we got rid of that and we kind of morphed as it went to more Les Mills classes. And that's kind of how we grew. And then um, it was at about the three year mark that my lease was coming due. We were sort of outgrowing the space Parking was terrible in the, in the original space, and uh, I was kind of like, 95% of our clientele at the time were females, and they were always like, I, I want to invite my fill-in-the-blank guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. my, my best friend, my roommate, my boyfriend, husband, whoever, but he won't do group fitness, because there's a stigma with group fitness in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, Les Mills in Europe is filled with guys in classes. Sure cycling, you name it. I mean, it could even be body attack, which is kind of like a high-low class, lots of like, what I'll call like blade hands and spirit fingers. Oh. And, like, but, and like, but it's not a thing Best over there. description <laughs> ever. <laughs> You'll have to look it up to know exactly what I mean. But like, um, guys will, won't do it here. There's like, a, I mean, even though grit, like the Chicago Cubs do grit, the New Zealand Blacks do grit, it is, it will humble the best athletes, but it's still like group fitness class. And so I was like, what can we do to open the door to a bigger demographic? Something that will allow these women to come in and then bring their guys with because the guys will try it. And so full disclosure, I spent the years before that bashing CrossFit because I Mm. didn't know what it was. You know, it was like, uh, well, those people get injured all the time or like those people are elitist and you, you know, you don't, it's all clicky and you don't fit in there. And every perception that people now who don't know about CrossFit think about CrossFit. Um, and so finally I was like, you know what, maybe I should just forget about my perceptions of it and find out more, um, which is how I met Kyle, who's the head coach here at the gym. And uh, he formerly owned a CrossFit gym here in Indianapolis called CrossFit Church of Iron. And so I was connected to him through my business coach and 
I was like, tell me about this. Is this something that would be beneficial? And so we kind of, we added CrossFit. We moved into this new space, doubled the space. It was like half CrossFit, half group fitness. Um, and then it kind of just over the past three years morphed into more people once they tried CrossFit because um, they were willing, you know, like it was in the gym and they kind of saw it from afar. They may have never tried it before, but because they kind of could see what to expect, they were willing to try it. And so it kind of just morphed into more and more CrossFit and less on the group fitness side. And so we moved into this new space recently and we are all CrossFit. And uh, I would still like to open a Les Mills gym again someday, mm. knowing the right way to do it and planning for it financially and stuff. But for the time being, like CrossFit is just, I believe in the results and I believe in the, the um, experience that people have had here. There's a really great connection, you know, because you've taken yeah. classes here to people that you lift and sweat with every day. It's just, there's something about going through that with other people and getting to connect with people that way that I think is the success behind it all. 100%. So. What are some of the, you spoke about the results, what are some of the positive results that you've seen personally? Like anything that you didn't expect heading in or? Yeah, I mean, like full disclosure, I, I thought I was strong before mm -hmm. I started doing CrossFit. Um, because I was, at the time, I was teaching about 16 group fitness classes a week. Mm -hmm. Like it was, I mean, I had days of doubles or triples and I was like, well, yeah, I'm like, I'm strong. I could do whatever you threw at me. Um, I was strong endurance wise. I didn't realize that I wasn't strong strength wise. And especially for women, like that's a very important distinction. Um, there are a lot of women who think I want to lose weight or I want to, I want to improve my health and wellness. And they think that comes from cardio, which is like endless cardio. You guys both know is not the answer for how we are going to lean out, lose weight, get better. Mm -hmm. Um, it's strength training. And so the biggest thing I hear from women is like, well, I would do that, but I don't want to get bulky all the time. That's the biggest thing. Like, you know, I give tours all the time and women are like, ah, oh, like, Oh, she's got muscles. I I want to look like her, but I don't want to be bulky. And I'm like, we don't have the testosterone to be bulky. You right. can take supplements. Like if you want to look like a bodybuilder, you can take supplements to get there. But if you're just coming to class, you're going to lean out. That's just the way that our bodies are meant to be. So you're going to lift heavier, but you are going to lean out because of it. Mm -hmm. And I always make the joke. I had a guy one time that was like, I just don't want to get too jacked. And I was like, you come talk to me the day you wake up and yeah. you're like, well, shit, I'm too jacked. I'm, I'm too big. <laughs> it's gotten to the point that I'm just too strong and I'm mad about it. So, you know, it's like, it's like you, you will work hard and we will push you, but you know, you will find, I've never found someone who's found the results they've gotten that they're unhappy about, mm -hmm. you know? So, well I mean, said. that's the biggest thing I would say is the result. I wasn't expecting the strength results and for that to actually lean me out from, I went from 16 hours a week of working out to like, I mean, I do class five to six times a week. So let's say five to six hours a week and then a rest day and I'm way stronger than I was than, than I was when I was teaching 16 hours, mm -hmm. you know? So that I think speaks to CrossFit. Yeah, it's, uh, cause before I started it, I was like, I'm not, why would I do a kipping pull-up? I can do a regular pull-up. Yep. Like, you know, and then you understand the competitive aspect of it of yep. for time and there's momentum. So there's ways to not hurt your joints. Yeah. But I think CrossFit gets a bad rap from bad gyms, poorly run gyms, for sure. poorly instructed gyms. Yep. Um, Cause I remember when Dr. Owens was like, Hey, I met 
met this uh, lady. She owns a CrossFit gym. We we're talking about our own thing, and I was like, "How tied on form are they?" I was like, "Because I'm going to come in super noob. Yep. Like I know weight training. I don't know CrossFit training. Yeah. Like I'm 101. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Oh, that was one of her big things. Is like they teach technique and form before load. Yeah. And so like even whether it's you coaching or other coaches, they walk around mid class. Hey, tweak this a little bit. Yep. Don't bend your elbows. So okay. Like I like that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't know what I don't know. Yep. And so I think that's where the bad rap comes in, all the injury-prone gyms of, like, if you're not taught and instructed well, you won't perform well, you'll get hurt. So one thing that most people don't know is that, like, if you compare CrossFit to, let's say, Orange Theory. Mm -hmm. If I own an Orange Theory, I am given exactly what we're coaching or teaching that day, all the marketing pieces, this is how my gym should be laid out, it is, it, it's a franchise, so you're given everything you could possibly need. With CrossFit, by being an affiliate, you are given the ability to use the word CrossFit, period. That's it. They don't tell you how, how to run your gym, how to lay out your gym, how much equipment you should have in your gym, how your, big your classes should be. So every affiliate owner is given the choice to create whatever gym they want. So I could have a class cap of five. Now, COVID is a different story. I right. could have a class cap of five. I could have a class cap of 60. That's Some gyms do that. Um, I could have six assault bikes. I could have only assault bikes. Like There is no restriction as to how you are supposed to program your class, what you're coaching, anything like that. Like You see our programming every day, and that is Kyle, our head coach, programming that. Mm -hmm. Some CrossFit gyms pay for programming from like a, a more like central location, a company that does that for multiple gyms. Some of them do their own. Some of them have no experience whatsoever, and they do their own. But the biggest part to me in the difference and why people should check out gyms if they're at all thinking about CrossFit is the culture. So, like, there are gyms here in Indianapolis, throughout the state, throughout the country, throughout the world, really, that their culture is, I'm going to call it elitist, jokingly, but like they are, we're working to send people to the CrossFit Games. We want the most elite athletes. Like we, we are trying to, I don't care what your form looks like, how much weight can you lift, mm. that type of gym. Our culture here has always been everybody is welcome as long as you're willing to push yourself. I don't care if you are severely out of shape, maybe you are 350 pounds and walking is difficult, as long as you want to get better, you fit in here. Mm -hmm. We support the people we work out next to. There's a banner that hasn't made it up on the walls yet in the new space, but it says um, CrossFit is the only sport where the loudest cheers are for the last to finish. And I, that speaks to my soul, because that's like no one is left behind, right? Other gyms, like you might get done, you're the fastest one, cool selfie, I, took, I, I finished first in class, peace, I'm out. Mm -hmm. This gym is not like that. Like we help each other that you don't, you're brand new, you don't know where the weights are, okay, let me show you where things are. This is your first class and you are the last to finish. Everyone's gonna be there helping you to finish and cheering you on. Like that, that comes from the top and you kinda have to create that culture because otherwise it's just, you're, you're just letting people figure, like if I, don't, if I don't direct it and make sure that we are supporting the people alongside us in class, you know, it just, it becomes the personality of whoever decided to make it that, that day. You For know? sure, yeah. So. That's a good point. That's what I like seeing is no one has their phones yeah. until they're ready to leave class. Yeah, unless it's they're like, recording their workout. Well, for yeah, later. yeah, for sure. Kyle like, would want me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm in 
doing my lone thing, yeah, I'll, yeah. like, I like to watch, where am I messing up, but, yeah, oh, for... you also like to put on country music and cowboy dance. Hey, you know, we all got a, we all got our things, right. we all got our things, that's what happens when I really work out by myself, I don't, I just put the weights on, it looks like I work out, and yeah. I dance, yeah, that's pretty much it, <laughs> cardio, I've seen it. every day, yep. all day, <laughs> yeehaw, cowboy, yeah, right, cowboy slicks, <laughs> um, so what, what do you think, aside from culture, there's a lot of CrossFit gyms, I mean, they're very populated, not just indie, across the country. What do you think differentiates, differentiates, there we go, mm-hmm. you the most from, you know, there's one across the street. Yeah. So what do you think you've done differently um, that makes people more drawn to, to your space? I mean, it's kind of a funny joke in the CrossFit industry that everybody talks about um, programming and community mm-hmm. like those are the two things that if you're like trying to sell your CrossFit gym you're like we have great programming and our community is wonderful it's funny that it's a joke because to me it actually is the differentiator for us um, our programming comes from Kyle who has more than 15 years of strength and conditioning programming experience um, so what he is able to do is look at the abilities of the gym and what people in our gym Um, are looking to get better at and things like that so when you have someone in-house programming for you or at least willing to take the time to um, make the programming intentional that's a big deal as opposed to like I can pay a company to do our programming and it's probably going to be good but that person has no idea what our gym is like um, what people want to get better at even the levels that people are at things like that Mm -hmm. so the programming is a big piece of it but really like the community um, I just feel like we have a gym full of good human beings, and that's yeah. important. You know, I, I just not to some like I mean, you might like you might be someone who's like it doesn't matter to me. I just want to get in and get a good workout and then leave. But when it comes to things like hanging out for cookouts on Memorial Day or sure. like doing when it wasn't COVID time, we had a monthly community night where you know we would do bad axe throwing or we would go to the Colts game. Um, oh, that's sweet. Like that stuff is really cool when you are surrounded by good human beings, you know, people you want to hang out with outside the gym. It's not just the, the fact that you're going through class together. Like these are yeah. people that, you know, I, there's a group of uh, morning people that they, none of them knew each other, but now there's like a group of eight of them. They're all kind of in the same age range. Um, it's a couple of couples and then a couple other people who are married and they bring their significant others. But like last weekend they got together for a fire pit and like, that's awesome. You yeah. guys all met through the gym and want to hang out outside of the time you're sweating together. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, the community is, it's so cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. 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 It's just a room full of go-getters is what I've noticed. Like, you know. But they didn't all start that way. That's the crazy thing. Like half those people you asked them, they walked in the door and were intimidated as all get out. And mm-hmm. like you meet other people and realize that it's not as terrifying as you think it is yeah. or it's not what like what, like I talked about those people get injured those people are like super super fit when you walk in the door and you look around and you see people that look like you or that that like you're like oh I'm I'm in decent shape like or I haven't worked out in forever and that's okay yeah it, like everyone belongs and that's a big deal yeah you know? yeah I like it Tim I think you should learn to like it too 
<laughs> I agree with Colin on this yeah. point. Yeah, I need, I need to diversify my uh, my workouts there, a little bit. There's a complimentary session you could sign up for next week. Just wow. text, okay. text wow. Monica. Next week. Yeah. Um, Let me just grab my calendar. <laughs> running a, a discount on uh, fees too. So <laughs> just saying. Uh, just throwing it out there. Yep. There is yeah, a discount. Hey, I, I'm always down to try new things, and I'd be down. Well, I make zero okay, commission. Okay, so saying. this allows me to turn it on, yeah. turn it around. Then for you, yeah. mm -hmm. what have you been doing, and like, what is your perception of Ooh. CrossFit being not a CrossFitter right now? I don't. I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm really neutral. Like, I just, I don't think I'm as informed about it as what I should be to, like, make, make a decision on it. But I do think there is an importance in, in, in like, diversifying the way you work out and, like, combining multiple things into one. Because I feel like I've gone through spells before where, like, I, I usually just, I, I weight lift and my cardio is playing basketball. Okay. Like, but if you just only weight lift, like obviously I'm always gonna wanna play basketball, but there's times where like, I'm not as motivated to go to the gym because I'm doing the same thing all the time. Sure. Um, so I think it's it's good for people to like break out of that funk and, and try and dabble into different things. And yeah. um, I, I'd definitely be open to it for sure. I like how it forces you to be functional. Like you have to yeah. be functional. Yeah, so exactly. you have to like, work on, if you're restri restricted somewhere, you have to work on that if you wanna improve a certain skill. Yeah, yeah. Like, like how how will this help me like, do normal daily things mm -hmm. like pick up things. Like, yeah. yeah, and so like we're bent, we're meant to bend over and rotate and have load. Like the amount of patients I had at our old office, where oh hey, I was bending over and I was pulling the couch and my back went. Well, yeah, that that is recipe for for a back problem. Yep. You know, you have you're twisted, then you add load. Like okay, but here you you throw things overhead. You pick things up off the ground. Like maybe you're moving where you live. You're picking up boxes. Yep. Like. If you don't know how to pick things up, yep. like here you're taught how to pick things up, how to press them over your head, how to rotate. Um, to where, you know, say, say Tim, you're, you're reaching for a rebound and it's going way behind your head. You can grab it, but if you're not mobile enough or functional to get that on that shoulder back, right. you know, here doing overhead squats where your shoulder mobility has to be on it. Mm -hmm. To where that can just be, uh, speaking of Kyle, the head coach Kyle himself. Is in the house. Iron sharpens iron, yes, sir. Um, yeah, that's like just a quick thing. That's how I think it would help. We mm -hmm. do a lot of jump rope. Your calves, like you know, you have more spring. Mm -hmm. So just well, a few things off the top that I, I think, think. It could help with golf too. Core, Absolutely. flexibility, yeah. rotation, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, and that kind of <laughs> speaks to one of the selling points of CrossFit is that you know, I always say it's funny when you find people who will pay like. 175 bucks a month for like a yoga studio yes i agree you need yoga but when you're doing the same thing over and over like if you're only lifting the same kind of lifts over and over or if you are you know i have people same thing they'll play a sport if you are only doing that as your workout it's the same thing over and over but the what a lot of people don't know is the like official definition of CrossFit is constantly varied functional movement at high intensity. Mm -hmm. So the constantly varied means that whenever you come to class, it's different. Sometimes you're going to have a really short Metcon, which is our which is our workout. It's, it stands for metabolic conditioning, just getting our heart rates up. Sometimes your Metcon will be short, and some which means like it's a burner, right? Like we we want to be as intense as possible for a shorter period of time. Sometimes it's a longer pace yourself workout. Um, but then we also, uh, Kyle will program the, the strength or skills section of class to be short or long um, when combined with the Metcon, depending on the length of that. So 
to make it simpler, if the Metcon is short, the strength or skill section will be long and vice versa, so that it always fits within a one hour class period. Okay. But everything is constantly varied so that you're always getting a mix of different types of equipment, different types of strength and endurance training. We've added mobility in as a section of our class recently just because people need it so much. Um, but the functional movement is the second part of that. It is designed to prepare you for life, like you're talking about. If I pick up a laundry basket, throw my back out, if I walk up a flight of stairs and I'm so winded I need to take a knee, that's not, like we are trying to prepare you for, we call it the unknown and the unknowable. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you walk like in the that. door for that day, you should be prepared to do that. Mm -hmm. And then the last part of that is the high intensity. So unless you are able to move safely, I don't want you to add the intensity yet. I don't like we talk about the the pull-ups with kipping or mm -hmm. butterfly pull-ups yeah. you know crossfit gets a bad rap because of butterfly pull-ups because they're like what's the point well the point is when you can do a strict pull-up and you have the strength to do that the kipping pull-up just gives you a better score to allow you to do your pull-ups faster but that will wear out your endurance so it's a completely different stimulus sure so like, but that's part of the constantly varied sometimes your workout is going to have strict pull-ups in it sometimes it's going to have butterflies if you can do them but then there's those people that are like i can't do a pull-up i can't do crossfit sure you can mm -hmm. it's infinitely scalable so if you walk in on day one and you are like i'm not even going near that pull-up bar because there's not a chance in hell i'm going to do it we have plenty of other options for you sure. and it's and we'll scale as needed so you know you get someone who's so so out of shape that they're like i mean i had a lady take a tour once she walked in the crossfit room saw that we have climbing ropes and was like nope <laughs> and I'm Jeez. like, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I just want you to know that, like, on day one, I'm not going to be like, okay, climb that rope or you're out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. whatever you can do that day, I've got 14 options before climbing a rope that will help you to work those muscles before I ever tell you you have to climb a rope. Yeah. So you don't make cuts till week two. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, if you go through a week and you can't climb a rope, then you're out. Yeah. <laughs> it's strict. It really yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, no, but I mean, it's it's achievable for everybody but that's the hurdle we have to get over is, mm -hmm. is people's perception of it you know okay. yeah yeah tim any other i know i know you guys got a split at three yeah we got uh, i mean we got time Kyle okay. just came in to warm up early apparently okay try hard he's uh dancing his way down the hallway right now <laughs> um I, I know we talked about uh some futuristic goals you'd eventually like to open up a less mills um gym as well anything else long term you've thought about um in terms of having gym ownership, any other ventures not related to gyms, or have you kind of found your your path? But if gyms are it, anything else you got sets sights set on? I would say, um, goal is to keep opening smaller locations um, where we can really connect with members uh, for as many as the good Lord will allow. Um, but aside from that. Um, what I'm really passionate about is writing. So mm. like content writing. Um, I have a website that um, I kind of, it's funny, I say I, I like started a business. It's sort of like I took my motorsports PR and marketing business, morphed it into a content writing website. Mm. Um, but it's just, I've always been passionate about writing, whether that's blogs or um, I would love to write a novel someday. And right now I'm just like kind of, I'm offering my content writing services to companies that know about it right now. What's Got what's it. funny is like like I'm helping a company right now. They're redoing their website and they need they need they need 
their website copy to be completely different than it is. I'm helping out with that. Um, there's a race car driver right now that's like, I'm working on some projects, I'm helping with that. Um, I would love to do blogs for companies that need it, but my style is very much, um, I call it charmingly inappropriate. Like I am not, nice. I am not your writer nice. if you are looking for like um, very dry, like I'm describing your products or something, I wanna bring personality yeah. to your You're products. You're gonna color it up a bit. Yeah, for sure. So like I worked with a dog treats company and they basically needed like just more fun and like let's change up the brand voice. And that's like, if you've got a fun brand voice, that's my style. Yeah. You know, if you're looking to basically connect with your consumers, engage with them, um, but you want to do it in a fun, lighthearted way, that's my style. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I'm, I'm pretty sarcastic. Like, I love to just joke around. So if I'm just writing, like, dry content because you just need product specs, yeah. it's not really my jam. Well, well Tim does. Yeah, he does awesome. paid writing. I what kind of other gigs like that uh, I know you freelance yeah so I work for like a content creation company like the company oh, empl employs me and okay. I, I write about pretty much everything but okay. I, I I respect that like that's something that I kind of want to do and get into like a more specific niche type of thing yeah um, so yeah that, that's cool because writing is one of those things that puts me at peace too like yeah when I go out on my deck and, and write I my phone stays in the house and yep. nothing's bothering me totally it's, get it's, that. it's a state of mind yeah yeah, yeah well and the niche is what I found is important like mm -hmm. you yeah. you just say I'm a content writer and like, yeah, you can get a ton of jobs, but are you going to enjoy the work? That's yeah. the key. Yeah, you know? and if you really want to like start your own thing and yeah. like make income for yourself yeah. and not work for someone else, that's when you need to like narrow down on it. Yeah, niche, for sure. So, and you'll yeah. find too that the companies that connect with you are like, that's that's what I need. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, if you're just like, I do content writing, and they're like, cool, I need content writing. It might not be a good partnership, but if you're like, this is the style I like to write from, or here's examples of my work, and they see that you kind of have a style, or you've chosen that niche, it's so much easier for them to be like, this is our guy. Yeah. Because it makes more sense for them to be able to kind of like, it's like the same thing in the gym. If I see someone who looks like me and I can relate, it's way different than like if you're if you're able to say this is what I do, and they're like, that's what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. The sale is so much easier, and, yeah. the, and it's a better fit. Yeah. That's, cool. That's a great point. Yeah, I like journaling too, especially yeah. if I'm pissed. Yeah. That, jour that journal entry gets real rowdy. Pencil Let's rakes. talk about coloring it up a bit. Journaling is so good though. I yeah. like it's yeah. one of those things I keep saying I really need to just sit and do that, but then everything else gets in the way and yeah. I forget too. As I is should. life. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like sure. to do some blogs. I usually just do shorter pieces. Yep. Do quick reads. Yep. Um, I, Tim, you had one. It was about you broke down emojis. I read. You sent oh, me one. Yeah. It was an emoji breakdown. That was really? one of the articles that I got assigned for my job. Is like what, like emojis that people send to each other to mean that they like you. And, oh I, had, and I had to break down the, 20, the top 25 That's and like hilarious. what they mean. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. So back in the day when I, like my very first blog was um, when I got into IndyCar, I was looking for a way to differentiate myself. Like there are hundreds of blogs out there that are like play-by-play -play of the race or like the history of mm. IndyCar, things like that. And I'm like, what can I do that's different that I actually want to do? So I created this website, it's called The Race Girl. And it, she was kind of like my alter ego, right? Like she was, this is where the term charmingly inappropriate came from. Like she talked about all these things <laughs> that would that. make your mom blush. And like, <laughs> but I, it, was a, it was a charmingly inappropriate viewpoint of IndyCar. Mm. So like I made fun of the drivers, like I, it was just, um, 
I did weekly picks, but it was somewhat sarcastic of like who's not going to auger it in this weekend, and like it was a really fun way to incorporate like my sarcastic, off the wall personality for what I pictured this girl being, and like I had like a cartoon that obviously had huge boobs, and like it was just like <laughs> over the top, right? Yeah. But it had, I mean, I. I grew my Twitter following like mad. At the time, I was up to like 10,000 followers or something. When I first moved to India, I was voted one of the top 10 tweeps to follow oh, wow. uh, because of this race girl thing, yeah. but it's finding that niche, right? Yeah, like yeah. if I had gone, well, I'm gonna go history of the sport or I'm gonna do play by play. Now I'm, yes, I'm a little niche in that I'm a female doing this, whereas most of it was male. But if you can find that thing that differenti differentiates you in terms of your writing or like what makes you stand apart that like, that's what captures people's attention because it doesn't fit yeah. with everything else, right. you know? Right. That's brilliant. It's funny. It sounds like it was like a pinup girl character. It totally style. was. Yeah. It's, yeah. The website is still out, theracegirl.com. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but it, it was fun yeah. for sure. I didn't know my niche would be golf courses. Yeah. That's what I would do. Some golf related. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and I, I think like you would have a f fun perspective on it too, where it's like mm -hmm. you talk to like older golfers and then you talk to like, younger golfers too yeah. so so you have the spectrum right of experience of you see what people like or dislike about oh when so-and-so comes to the golf course like always doing this or like yeah. like you understand it in a different level mm -hmm. the golf personalities mm -hmm. yeah my brother is a um an instructor at david ledbetter golf academy oh. in uh pga national down in west palm that is awesome yeah. that's a, that's a decent a gig oh my gosh. <laughs> i don't know anything I about a long line of golfers i don't know anything about what you just said it just sounds really nice yeah, it was a lot of words yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome i was a shapes and colors part. guy yeah, yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> if i knew sign language i'd spell it out but um yeah but yeah he loves what he does uh -huh. i mean it's really hot this time of year but yeah, right. it's pretty cool to, for him to do that mm -hmm. he travels um he travels quite a bit, like randomly to, um, like he had a gig for one summer in Wisconsin, which summer in Wisconsin is nice, but the rest of the year isn't that great. But um, he had a gig up there where he was essentially doing like instruction for two weeks at like the Bog or something in, which is a famous course up there. And mm -hmm. um, so he's gotten to meet a lot of cool players on the tours yeah. and stuff. So yeah, rough yeah. shoulders. That's yeah, great. yeah. Sure. Uh, Tim, any other questions from Monaco before we kind of? wrap things up a little bit here. uh yeah just a quick question just when you talked about like the community aspect mm -hmm. of a gym um obviously you you set the tone as the leader of the class like what are the what are the biggest things that you've learned about yourself as a leader through running a gym um things that you you maybe didn't expect or uh, anything you can hang your hat on um as a leader what's funny is you sent me a couple questions ahead of time and, and i had this thought before of like it, maybe this is sort of what you're asking, but like the one thing I would say is that you're all good. I yeah. think people, um, hey Julie, um, I think when people picture their dream job, they picture the best day possible in their dream job. Mm. So like, if I want to start some business where I'm the CEO and I'm making lots of money, what I'm picturing is me at my desk with my feet up on my desk, lean back, just watching the money roll in, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's my dream job. They don't picture their worst day on their mm -hmm. dream job. So that's what I would say is like, you know, what I've learned about myself is that I fell into that category. Like you picture running a gym and like, you know, I started with the Les Mills classes. So I picture teaching to 
masses of people before COVID and um, just like super high energy and like super happy and everyone's like, I love this gym. But you don't picture the day when you have two cancellations, you know, because because of whatever, something that's out of your control. Somebody moved away and you can't help that they moved away, but of course they're gonna cancel their membership. Mm -hmm. um, and the toilet has backed up because people poop before they work out and like so you're plunging the toilet while two people just canceled and oh I totally forgot to pay this bill so you know and like it's all the things that on your most stressful day pile up if you can picture that when you start a business you will find out if you have skin thick enough to mm -hmm. start a business yeah. because if that would take you down and make you say like like I'm done tapping out on this thing, um, then you know where you're at in terms of actually wanting to start a business. So I think that's what I learned the most is, is uh, um, I don't have the thickest skin. I take everything too personally. Every time someone cancels their membership, whether it's something in my control or not, I, I take it too personally. Mm -hmm. um, I do surveys occasionally. We do a couple times a year where I send out surveys to members and um, basically to see how are we doing you know like what what can we do better um, I could get I could get send out a hundred surveys get 99 people that are like this is the best gym I've ever been a part of but that one person that's like this could be it could be like um, I found a like there was a coffee stain by the coffee maker and I'm like oh shit so this that's your sucks. Like, out of you know 100 I mean? that yes. one is your yes and I dwell yeah. on that like I take it too personally and I'm like oh I thought I was doing great but I'm a perfectionist so yeah. it, it just comes with the territory and and I will literally then make sure there are no coffee spots for the rest of my existence you know it's <laughs> it's just um so that's the one thing I, I say, know what I I'm doing later I'm, today <laughs> <laughs> just one no just one I'll know who it is watch out I will make you do extra overhead spots okay um but yeah, that's the thing is like okay. I, what I've learned about myself is is that I need to work on not taking things too personally, but also remember that there are a lot of um, not perfect things that come along with running a business. And, and the more I can just prepare myself for those, the better it is. Mm -hmm. so. Great. I think that's great perspective too, because like the most successful in air quotes entrepreneurs can probably count on one hand the amount of days that they've sat up with their feet just on the desk, yep. rolling in it and didn't do a thing. Yep. It's like, yep. even like the Mark Cubans, we're, we're Cuban fans, oh, yeah. just as a business yeah. guy, he's always working. Yep. He never has to work another day in his life. Well, and that's the thing. Like, but if you enjoy the hustle, after. then it's then it's not working, <laughs> yeah. you know? But it's true. I mean, Kyle and I were just talking the other day about, like, you hear success stories, but you don't hear of all the stuff that went into that success story. Mm -hmm. Like, no one's going to be like, so I started this business and I failed six times before my business was successful. Mm -hmm. Yes, you hear that if you go to a motivational speech or like it becomes more prominent on Instagram and stuff, yeah. but I would I love people's backgrounds instead of just their highlight reels mm -hmm. because that's where you don't feel like so much of a failure when you tried six things too and none of them worked, right. you know? I spent the last six years trying to find that magic pill like, oh, well, if I change this, that will definitely get people in the door. Right. Until you find out that like it, it might not be you trying so hard. It might literally be just you being you and keeping focused on the vision you originally set out through, like to achieve that mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to put in the years of work. It's not, yeah. it's not a magic pill. Yeah. You know? Nothing's overnight. No, it's not. I Never. Mean, it's just like working out, right? right. I'm not going to yeah. walk in on day one be like, holy, I just fit. I just fit into those pants and yeah. I just achieved all my fitness goals. Insta I'm never coming shred. back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
Um, so, Monica, we like to ask all our guests, like, a final question. Okay. And so we like to know, when it's all said and done, when, when you're gone, how do you want people to remember Monica Hilton? Man, We're you getting super deep. Yeah, you even prepared me by sending this in advance. Um, when I'm gone, I am hoping that people feel like I positively impacted their lives um, and just, like, gave them an outlet for, well, I'll tell you this interesting thing. I've been doing one-on-ones with all of our members recently, mm-hmm. um, or as many that will meet with me. Um, but, but the number of, I always ask people, like, what is your why? Because to me, that's really important to figure out, like, how we can help them. The number of people recently who have said, this place is my stress relief. It's not a gym full of people who are like, my why is because I want to be jacked, or my why is because I'm trying to have six-pack abs, or my why is because I want to be able to do 50 strict pull-ups unbroken. Their why is stress relief. Like, this is their fun place. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, like, the fact that, you know, every once in a while, I will remind myself to walk through the gym and look around and be like, you created something that allowed these people to relieve their stress or meet new friends or be better or be able to hang out with their kids and play out in the yard instead of being like, I'm too tired or I'm, I'm too overweight to do that. Like, this is a place that people enjoy. And so, yeah. um, honestly, on a, like, philanthropic note, I want to make money so that someday I can donate a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do things that leave a legacy um, not because I'm like, oh, look how rich I am, but because other people contributed to a dream that allows me to pay it forward into the world, help other entrepreneurs when they're struggling. Next time there's a crazy COVID situation, to be able to be like, oh, like things aren't going well, how can I help? And legit, if they're like, you know, I need some money, here you go. Like things like that mm-hmm. really yeah. motivate me to feel like I'm making a difference in the world. Yeah. That's so great. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Well, hey, we appreciate your time oh, hanging with us. I appreciate you and your hospitality yeah, having me in your gym. I appreciate you sweating in the lobby here with me. Yeah. And <laughs> Burn some calories. Only yeah, if the day exactly. ends in Y. Right. Yeah. Yes, for sure. All right. All right. I'm going to work out. All right. Thanks, Monica. <laughs>